Is it time to start shopping Tyreek Hill in your dynasty leagues? What NFC South running back just got a huge ringing endorsement from his head coach and is one NFC tight end a steal at his current FFPC never too early best ball tournament ADP. Plus, Craig Campbell, a winner of six leagues in the FFPC alone in 2022, as well as one of the most successful KFFSC players ever and a guy who's coming off a $100,000 win last season will join us to talk about his favorite Giants receiver to draft in 2023, whether Isaiah Pacheco is a nice buy in the FFPC right now, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm, of course, your uh, slightly above average, not average, I'm still slightly above average, host Eric Balkman. You know me from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, and the FFPC, MyFFPC.com, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. My co-host, who I'll bring in shortly, is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. I want to let you know if you are jonesing, ladies and gentlemen, and who wouldn't be jonesing, as we are less than three weeks away until the 2023 NFL Draft. You want to draft right now? You can do that. You can win $25,000 when you do so with the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. $125 entry fee right now at myffpc.com. You can cash a five-figure grand prize. The great thing about this, no kickers, no defenses, and the draft stop when the NFL Draft starts. So you have less than three weeks to get your drafts in. It's a 20-round draft. 14 week regular season. We'll have playoffs in the week 50 uh, from weeks 15 to 17, and we'll draft uh, we'll crown a champion after week 17. A 30 second, 60 second, two hour, and six hour clock are available to you in that right now. While you are at myffpc.com, why not take a shot for one million bucks? Say, Balky, I don't have that kind of cash. I, I can't play for a million dollars. Well, yeah, you, you say that, but you might have it. $350 is all it's going to take to enter the Fantasy Pros Championship, a contest that will pay out a $1 million grand prize. And the impetus is on you to draft right now. Because if you do, before June 1st, or if you register before June 1st and draft before June 15th, you will get a free $35 FFPC lead credit uh, to your account right now, and you'll get that up to three times if you do it three times. That's over $100 in free FFPC teams when you register for the Fantasy Pros Championship Early Bird by June 1st and draft by June 15th. I know you love redraft, okay? But while you're at myffpc.com, check out the Dynasty Orphans we have there as well. Massively reduced price teams that are ready to go right now, and you can compete. I'll tell you what, I can't play in the FFPC um, uh, at all because I'm an employee of it, but I just picked up in a private dynasty, uh, league with, um, uh, Jake Venuti, uh, 
Dave Gerzak, Ron Meyer, Michael Cobb, Lance Turbis. The list goes on and on and on. Lan uh, Lou Tranquilli is in that league as well. And I'm flying high right now because I cannot wait to attack that Dynasty Orphan team. You can attack your Dynasty Orphan teams right now. And when you go to myffpc.com, pick up your Dynasty Orphans. And don't forget, we launched $100 startup leagues there as well. So if you want to set sail on a maiden voyage, you can do so right now. $100 Dynasty Startups available at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share uh, this video, and get notified uh, anytime we go live. We just had a big uh, night last night. I was on with J.J. Zacharyson for the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Aiden LaCorey and Dave Terpoli gave you a live, never-too-early best ball tournament pick-by-pick coverage right on this channel as well. You don't want to miss this stuff. This is what makes you a better FFPC player, so make sure you are subscribing to this channel so you never miss when we go live and you can check out all the great stuff we have to offer over at myffpc.com, the FFPC YouTube channel, FFPC Twitter, and FFPC Facebook as well. Without further ado, you follow the KFFSC on Twitter at KFFSC Official. You play in the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. And, of course, you know this guy, my friend, Farrell Elliott. Welcome in, Farrell. Happy April to you, dude. How are you, my friend? And I, you know, all the cool kids over at Rotoviz hanging out in those <laughs> private leagues and you dropping all those names. I am green with envy. I, well, listen, Farrell, may, maybe <laughs> um, maybe when I win this league, this private league that I just joined this year and I orphaned in a couple of years, you can take over or maybe be a co-owner with me and you we can, are, we can return it to resurgence. A father of all things, and you're definitely not going to work on the team in that kind of. No, come on, it's it's. A no, I won't. Absolutely. I will not do that. I, it's going to be my baby. I'm looking forward to it, and and you can look forward to. Um, if Farrell's done this too, he's picked up plenty of orphans and managing them uh, to dynasty greatness at myffpc.com. What's a good looking cap you have on tonight? Yeah, thank you. It's uh, this is uh, this is from. Okay, so you know, I go to my uh, ice fishing. Uh, mm -hmm. Um not competition, but my ice fishing get together with all my high school friends every year. This is from the bar that is right down the road from where we set up camp at our cabin. This is Mixters, which is in Clintonville, Wisconsin, sort of Northeast, maybe Mideast, Wisconsin. It is straight out of Wisconsin as the hat. Oh, sorry. As the hat would say, straight out of Wisconsin Mixters. I got this there and I love it. It is a great hat. I, I am wearing my Wisconsin pride tonight. I don't think this is the last Wisconsin slash Aaron Rodgers slash Green Bay Packers slash Jordan Love slash whatever reference we will have tonight on the show. Uh, I think it's going to be one of many. We we cannot bring up all this news right now, Farrell, without bringing in our guest tonight, who has been so gracious to hang out with us for the entire hour. He's been playing fantasy football, high stakes fantasy football now for nearly 20 years, primarily in the FFPC and the KFFSC. He's oh, won yeah. multiple league titles in the FFPC main event, the FPC, the Terminator, FFPC Dynasty, and the KFFSC. He got his biggest win of his career last season. He took down the 2021-2022 FFPC Divisional Round Playoff Challenge and the $100,000 that goes with it. That wasn't good enough for him because in 2022, and I don't know exactly what he did in KFFSC, but I know he crushed it last year. Yeah, um, in the FFPC last year, Farrell, this guy won a half dozen leagues, uh, high school <laughs> leagues in the FFPC last year. You already follow him on Twitter at C Campbell FF. Please welcome back onto the high stakes fantasy football hour, our mutual friend and longtime competitor in the FFPC and KFFSC, Craig Campbell. Craig, welcome in, man. 
Thanks, guys. How's it going? Yeah, Balky, I don't know where you found those six leagues, but it didn't definitely didn't feel like as successful a season for me. But uh, I'm glad you found them. So uh, appreciate that. Uh, well, you're very welcome. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Um, for a guy who wins $100,000 the previous year, ain't no many leagues. There, there ain't enough leagues that you can win <laughs> the following year where it seems like you had a successful year. So congratulations yeah. on a baller uh, six-figure win uh, last season. Um, we could get into the news right away tonight, but I want to skip over that, Farrell. I want to get into Craig's interview right away. So, so let's do that. I'll kick things off um, because, Craig, you have been very active in drafting the FFPC Never Too Early tournament teams uh, so far this season, the last couple of months. And for anybody who's curious about, um, you know, how do I, how do I not embarrass not, – not only not embarrass myself, but how do I draft successful teams – that I'm going to be happy with in November, December, and January. What are the secrets? What are the tips and tricks you can reveal to our viewers tonight that is going to help them be a better early drafter? Yeah, no, I I'm not sure if I have all, have all the secrets. More so, just uh, tickets burning a burning a hole in my pocket there on on the site. You know, wanting to get in these drafts, but uh, yeah, I give, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah, I mean, it's really just I think to me, kind of embracing the uncertainty of um you know the situation i guess drafting before the actual nfl draft and really uh to me not buying into maybe some of the situations you don't believe in um and then also you know just drafting i mean to me yeah just drafting you know the good players obviously we all we're all trying to do that but um not not buying into the situations as much because we know the nfl draft is obviously going to destroy a lot of those so um yeah that's that's in general that the strategy i'm trying to take is just trying to um yeah just just trying to draft trying to draft good teams and, and not uh not embarrass myself like you said <laughs> see balky i've known craig campbell since he was a mere lad uh and and i remember him fondly of those days you know He's the only guy that ever showed up at the event that I had to get an ID from. I had to make sure that he could was of legal age to be there. He's a fantastic player. Uh, commentary from the Dizzle. He is a baller. Love that guy. Every draft, every room is is better uh, when Craig Campbell is in it. And you know he's not going to give up any of his tricks of the trade, but he quietly goes about his business. And yeah, he just keeps stacking up wins now. Craig, you've never seen a fantasy contest you don't like. Um, General Manor Schoen and, and head coach Dayball at the Giants, apparently have never seen a slot receiver they don't like. <laughs> and uh, the, I'm curious, perhaps it's because they've had so many injuries. Perhaps it's because other teams are not valuing these players. I, I noticed that Richie James got out of there and is headed over to Kansas City, so that's minus one. But do you have favorites in this lineup, and what do you think with the addition of the tight end Waller that they're looking to do with that position? How important is this position? I know that there they've had injuries even before their time. They had Tony who was injured. Shepard is continually injured and still under contract. Um, your thoughts on the Giants slot receiver position, a position that should, with that quarterback, see some significant play? 
Yeah, I guess it does kind of seem like they're uh, maybe gotten a little bit uh, injury uh, scared, I guess, from from everything that's gone on last mm-hmm. year. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I still like Wandale Robinson. I mean, he f- definitely flashed last year. I'm pretty big on drafting drafting the the second year wide receivers. Usually, there, you know, there's those are the guys who are going to take a big leap. Um, you know, going into that second year. Um, I mean, I like one Dale, and also, you know, Paris Campbell coming in there kind of, again, another guy that, you know, just seems to be bitten by the injury bug <laughs> the last few years and uh, always getting a lot of hype. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. The the situation there, if, if one of them can emerge, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of fantasy value there, I think. And, you and, think I'm sorry, Balky. You go, go ahead. ahead. No, go Balky, ahead, please. Merrill. You think Waller. Is in essence a slot receiver, especially with uh, Bellinger um, on the on the roster and on the field. A two tight end set with Waller essentially running out of the slot, much like in the way they tried to use Ingram, who would occasionally make an effort to catch a ball. Waller, a better player in this situation, I think that's good too. But so, yeah. are you going to target one of these receivers? I did. I like. I like the X receivers. I like the Y receivers. I like a lot of things about this offense, but we've got a quarterback that's never been prolific throwing touchdowns. So there's a lot of competitions uh, for those scores. Well, you, you know, to, to service all these receivers like we would like in fantasy football, he's going to have to double his touchdown pass production. Offense. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're not all going to hit, but I mean, at the very least, they're all going pretty late. So, you know, you take your shots yeah. on on one of them, one or two of them in in a draft. And then, you know, you know, hopefully you have someone that's going to, you know, out, outproduce their their draft value by, by a significant amount. So, um, you know, I think Wandale, you know, he's still going late enough to where you can take a shot at him in, in the double digit rounds and still, sure. I think, come out on top there and then. uh yeah, Paris Campbell also. But, yeah, to your point, you know, Waller kind of functions also as that slot receiver. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, Dayball kind of just fits them all in there. I, I think what we have to look at here, uh, guys, is is the fact that this administration uh, went out and traded for Darren Waller. This administration went out and drafted Wandale Robinson. Those are the two guys I'm looking at. Yeah, Crowder and, and Campbell and these guys are there. And, obviously, uh, they lost Richie James uh, to the um, – uh, where, Farrell, where did he sign today? Richie James. He go to the Broncos. Uh, he I, is I, I, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. That's what it was. That's what it was. He signed with the Chiefs today, so they lost Richie James. Um, and, and obviously Slayton and Shepard are there, but I think that the two two guys that you guys have bring brought up here in Waller and uh, Robinson, those are the two guys I'm very heavily interested in as far as Giants pass catchers right now. Dizzle already pointed out that they need a receiver in the draft. We could see that happen yet. Now. Uh, to get back to the Dizzle here, and I'm going to post his question right in the chat. Um, Craig, he has noticed you going zero RB in a lot of your drafts. He wants to know, do you always go zero RB in your drafts? And if you can talk a little bit about that strategy and how it's worked out for you in the past, that would be much appreciated by the viewers tonight. Yeah, you're not going to get that. Right. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know um... – Definitely not always going to go zero RB. I guess I just don't want to. I'm not one of these guys that are going to. I see some of these drafters go going, you know, just full on. I guess robust RB, as someone call it, with the 
four or five running backs in a row. I definitely don't subscribe to that theory. Um, yeah, I mean, I generally, you know, going to zero RB, that's always fun. But, um, you know, if you can get good values on some of these workhorse running backs, drafting a running back or two early, and then kind of just forgetting about the position and really ignoring those those middle round running backs, I think that's also a good strategy to take, um, especially in these early drafts, I think also with, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, minefields out there with these middle round running backs, getting those, you know, maybe two, uh, top two running backs so you can feel really good about that their value isn't going to get hit in the NFL draft, get those two guys and then, you know, draft a bunch of receivers after that. So definitely don't, don't go zero RB all the time. Although uh, Farrell and, and KFFSC, that's definitely uh, my preferred strategy. He, he I, has been raised. He's a Kentucky man. He's, he's been raised. And he knows how to make this. I'll tell you what, like what, like, and I can't remember if it was this show I brought it up on, but I don't know if you guys are office fans, but there was one episode after Steve Carell left the office and I promise the story will be brief. But when no. James Spader took over as the, it probably won't be James Robert Spader California. took over as the Robert California. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was having this big pool party at his, um, at his mansion with all the, players in the office all, all the, the the different workers there and he told i think it was ryan and gabe he said it's not a party unless you do something that scares you well let me tell you something about kffsc i get scared every time i go zero rb in a kffsc main event but it's not kffsc unless i do something that scares me and let me tell you i love it and there's been some success uh that i've had in doing that so it's one of those things you always feel skittish about it. and i've had it blow up in my face too um in the main event but I've had some really successful teams there too. And, and I will continue doing that because um, I drafted multiple t- leagues in, in the KFFSC main event, which I would encourage everybody to do. Um, and, and when I do that, like I have the opportunity to go zero RB and I've had a lot of fun doing it. And uh, it's not, it's, 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 it's always more enjoyable when I have a zero RB team or at least multiple zero RB teams going. Um, speaking of zero RB, let's talk receivers here. Everybody and their mother, Craig, wants to draft CeeDee Lamb this year with Dalton Schultz moving on to Houston. Um, and you look at the other two receivers they have there, and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. I'm kind of curious, if you're going with the number two receiver in Dallas, who are you more comfortable with given the draft capital? Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 43. Michael Gallup is going in the 16th round at wide receiver 76. Brandon Cooks is a ninth-round pick. When you know that eight rounds separates these guys, do you have a favorite between Gallup and Cooks this year? Or is it something where you wouldn't mind getting Prescott and grabbing both these guys in your never-too-early best ball teams? Yeah, I mean, you know, both of these players I've I've drafted a lot in the past, and I've drafted I've drafted them on, on teams this year as well. I mean, I just think that um, you know, that's a that's a that's a great situation to be there, being in Dallas, um, with with Dak there and, and with Schultz um exiting. So um, yeah, in terms of, you know, comparing the two, you know, yeah, the, the draft, the value on, on Gallup is, is pretty enticing now with, with cooks there. And you're just kind of, there's everyone's just assuming that Gallup's going to take the number three role, which is, which is probably right. But, um, you know, I kind of think that he might be in for a little bit of a bounce back this year, just because he was kind of slow, I guess, coming back from the ACL last year. And I, I think he might be in for a, a little bit of a better season, but, um, I get, a, I, I do get excited, you know, thinking about cooks just, um, in tandem with CD lamb, just, that seems like a, a great pairing also. So, uh, not to ride the fence there, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be drafting both of those guys at, 
you know, at their, at their current values. How many clubs has Cooks played for now? Is this number five? I think it's five. Yeah. I'll look it up for verification, but I'm pretty sure you're right, Farrell. I think it's five. He, and, but he's a plus, he's a plus guy in the locker room, a respected guy, a well-liked guy. Uh, I, I don't, you know, good for him. Lots of players have difficulty getting contracts after their, they've been tremendous players for their own teams. He's, he, everybody wants this player and everybody spends to get him. I think fantasy drafters will spend to get him as well. Um, let's go north. Let's go to Green Bay, where I have become a lonesome supporter of Jordan Love, Craig. I, I think it's going to be good. I think we talked about the other quarterbacks that were in his class uh, last year and or, or during his draft year and how they've, they've done well. And, and he's, had, he's been the one that's had to wait. And what's going to help him do well is a stat line that improves over a 17-game season, 41, 6, 11, and 7. That's Christian Watson. And how fantastic it was when he started putting those touchdowns together. Christian Watson of value now in these never-too-early drafts, uh, more so uh, than he even was perhaps last year because he, everyone imagined how well he would do with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Your thoughts on Christian Watson? Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm a buyer on him. Like I like I was saying earlier, these um, you know second year wide receivers I think are are you know in, just at a high level. Those are those are guys I want to target um, in term and in terms of the um, you know the, the the Jordan Love situation. Like I I guess I don't think the Packers would just be letting Rodgers walk without having some level of confidence in uh, in Love. I don't think it's going to be a uh, you know. I don't know, Justin Fields. I don't know. There were so many quarterbacks last year that just could not deliver the ball to, to these wide receivers. And I don't, um, I think love, I do, I do have, I, I do have confidence. He can get the ball to, uh, to Watson or dubs or whoever, but uh, yeah, Watson definitely looks like the, uh, look, looks like the guy you want there. And and I think uh, is, is, is a pretty good value in drafts right now. Balky, so the Kentucky guys love love. So you're sitting right up there, buddy. What's the story? I'm what telling you, listen, people up there. So. Listen, I wrote the foreword and the epilogue on Jordan Love in in uh, February when I drafted him in a KFFSC main event. Okay, everybody knows that. Like, like I would never draft Jordan Love as my starting quarterback, but I like this guy quite a bit. Now, I, I said this. I was on Sirius this morning, and I said this. Like, anybody who tells you they know what Jordan Love is going to be. They're lying, misinformed, or a moron because there just isn't enough to go on. I go on what I've heard from his teammates, from his coaching staff, from uh, the guys he went up against in Philadelphia for that couple series last year, and um, everybody who's seeing him in practice every day. I don't Crazy. think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be a Hall of Famer, Farrell. Balky um, Balk, just called us morons. So. No, no, I'm not calling you morons. <laughs> yeah, no, what no, are you because, drinking, no, Greg? Listen, what, what are you drinking? Here's the thing. If you feel like you have an H2O, baby. like you feel like, listen, if you feel like, you know, you, you, you think what Jordan Love is going to be like, that's fine, but it's just speculation because nobody has enough to go on with this guy right now. I happen to think he's going to be pretty good and I'm willing to take a chance on that, but I'm not willing to take a chance on, okay, I'm going to wait on quarterback super late and Jordan Love is going to be my starter. I'm going to count on him every single game. That's not, that's not going to be the case. I do believe 
that he was drafted for a purpose. I do believe that the coaching staff and um, the front office is going to give him every possible chance to be successful uh, in this league. And I, and I think he will be successful. I think he will go to Pro Bowls, Farrell. Uh, and Craig. And, and I, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I think he's going to be a successful quarterback. And I think this is the type of guy that, you know, where's he going? I, I look at the never too early right now, the never too early ADP. Jordan Love currently going as quarterback 21 at the 12-11. I would be comfortable in saying that I think when this rolls around next year, I think he's going to be going in that 8-9 turn, maybe even the seventh round next year. I think he's going to have a pretty good season. That's how I fall Ooh. in on Jordan Love. I could be wrong. See, I don't have it yet. I, I like everything like like everybody else has to go on. I'm going off the same information. I just happen to have a feeling about this guy. I think he's gonna be pretty good. Team Appleton team name Morons Need Love. I think that would be a grand team name for you guys this year. Morons need love. Morons need love has been my that's been my personal motto for 20 years, Farrell. <laughs> like that's not even a fan. You're doing all right. I'm doing all right. You're doing okay in that department. Um, let me ask you this, Craig. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, a guy that um, I was talking with JJ Zacharyson about this last night, and he was kind of on Pacheco in the in the pre-draft process, pre-NFL draft process last year, and he was right. And I feel like everybody had that benefit. Now everybody's had the benefit of seeing what he did for Kansas City last year, and yet this dude is still going outside the top 20 running backs in the never-too-early best ball ADP, which we get from FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather, of the pros versus Joe's championship, uh, pros versus Joe's challenge. Isaiah Pacheco, 609 right now. Is he being undervalued knowing what we saw last year, knowing what Kansas City has done in the offseason? I know he's got to dodge some bullets in, in the NFL draft upcoming, but but Pacheco right now at the end of the sixth round, is that undervalued right now by the FFPC high stakes drafters? Yeah, I guess I'm I, I guess I would fall in the camp of being a little bit worried about his situation there. Um, yeah, definitely dodge some bullets, I guess, or dodge some bullet. Yeah. Dodge some bullets in the, uh, free agency, but, uh, there still are a lot of, I guess, free agent running backs out there waiting to be signed. And then I just, uh, think back to the last time, uh, the chiefs won the super bowl and what, how they used their first round pick the following year and, and get a little bit. What do we lose? Do we lose Craig? Uh, he's, he's hanging around. He's somewhere. frozen. He's frozen. He's, he's hanging around. He's frozen. Um, while we get him back, Farrell, your thoughts on Pacheco as a late six round, um, uh, draft yeah. pick in the number two early tournament. You know, every time that I target him for the sixth round and he wiggles off the proverbial hook, somebody else grabs him. I wish I had taken him earlier. I like the way he runs. He runs with, with great, he, he runs hard. He And for a guy that size, it seems like in the fourth quarter, he's running harder than he is at the start of the game. So I, I really like this. Uh, I, I really like this player. And in the best ball, I would love to have him at that position. And I wish I had uh, in the four never too early teams that I have drafted. I've only got him once. And that's because I waited too long thinking that uh, more people feel like Craig uh, about him than I do. And and I can understand trepidation, uh, but that's the beauty of the best ball is you can put him on the club, you don't have to start him. So, right. you know, yeah. and so that's a good thing. You know, we had Craig on earlier this year and he had some internet issues. He may have to tra uh, transition to his phone. And, it's and the, Dizzle, possible. The, the Dizzle did not like my team name, but did agree with me on Cooks. So I, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel okay. I feel, I feel uh, okay. 
What like on the on the flip side of the I guess not really the flip side, but on the the other side of the Kansas City Chiefs running back situation, Farrell, Clyde Edwards Alaire bounce back. I mean, because this guy is is free in drafts, you can have him wherever. I don't really know what the Chiefs have in store for him this year. He is a former first round pick, so is there something to be said for CEH? I think there is. You know, yes, and in that format. Again, that's that's what's good about it. And yeah, he's a twentieth round pick. Oh, there he is. He's trans. He's transitioned to the phone. <laughs> and then yeah, hopefully, hope, hopefully you guys can hear me. Yeah, I yep, know. Sorry. You, you uh, sound even just, better. You you can't get any more handsome, but you sound even better. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. Just, just my luck. My my internet went out during this uh, during this call. So yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah running good there. But yeah, I yeah. I, I don't know how much you got of my Pacheco response, but uh, yeah, just a little bit, I guess, concerned about maybe uh, the Casey's plan to, to maybe add another back, but uh, yeah. Well, I think they're going to add another back in Philadelphia. They're they They've messed with success there. Uh, I look at when uh, uh, Miles Sanders had such the poor touchdown year that drove our friend Dave Turp crazy. And I remember that Boston Scott, that year rushed for seven touchdowns. Sanders moves his game south to Carolina. I wonder, Boston Scott, an increased role forthcoming, and where Kenneth Gainwell falls with that. And that's what keeps me from moving Gainwell up the draft board. What What do you think about those running back situations in Philadelphia? And is, is that a situation where we, we see perhaps a free agent landing or um, – one of the uh, bigger draft picks. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I would say maybe they're they're I don't I, I could be wrong, but I they, they might be done there with with adding I guess any significant uh, running backs to the stable. To me, just having I guess Penny, mm-hmm. Gainwell, and also Scott there, it seems like they might be comfortable. And and also, um, you know, Philly just doesn't seem like they want to invest a whole lot into the running back position financially. So they, you know, they got Penny on the cheap. Uh, I think just going with that kind of a three-headed backfield with them is maybe what they're going to do. Could be wrong there, but uh, yeah. As, as far as investing, yeah. Go ahead. Who thinks that Penny is going to complete the season or play seventeen? <laughs> no, I, you know, yeah. anyone of that opinion. I I would I would be a buyer on on still on Gainwell and maybe Scott late just because yeah Penny yeah uh, you know uh, has obviously flashed but uh, never shown the ability to stay on the field and if you look at what um, what you know what kind of contract he got did not get big money whatsoever so um, yeah with I would be looking at the Penny signing as an opportunity to maybe buy on Gainwell at a little bit cheaper cost. Craig, um, we got uh, Dizzle is talking about Bijan Robinson and uh, Jameer Gibbs in, in the chat room. And he said the rumors are out there, and, and I've seen them too. Is either the Cowboys or the Eagles to take either one if they are available? You've already made your your point clear on on the Eagles running back situation, but I am curious when we talk about Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs as a dynasty player, as a as a redraft player, and I don't know how many shares of either one that you have right now. Is there a preferred landing spot you would like to see them go? Uh, given that both of them could go in the first round, but for sure both of these guys should be off the board in the second round. Are you rooting for the, either of these guys to land in a certain situation right now? Uh, you know, honestly, no. I And, uh, you know, t- 
to to be completely honest with you, I have not done my uh, my uh, rookie research probably enough as I should have, and I, I'm kind of waiting for the draft just to kind of figure out where the landing spots are. I don't. I I would. I hope that, that uh, one of them do not go. Uh, they don't go to Dallas, though. I'd like to see Pollard get his his opportunity, kind of being the workhorse there. Um, but you know, I know Dallas. You know, they love to draft their uh, their running backs, so um, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, let, let's talk about um, the Atlanta Falcons uh, again. Another spot that Bijan Robinson could technically go uh, in the NFL draft, but I want to focus in on the pass catchers there. Um, are you expecting? A bigger FFPC season, tight end premium, as you know, from Kyle Pitts or from Drake London in 2023, Craig. They are separated by about a half round in the never-too-early best ball tournament right now uh, in the FFPC. Which one do you think has the bigger season this year? Yeah, I guess in terms of the bigger yeah, the bigger season, a vacuum, probably London, maybe. But um, I guess you made, you know, the point being in the FFPC format. Just getting having that you know that stud tight end is really you know so valuable um, and you know would feel like a kind of an idiot being you know, I bought Pitts uh, you know at his draft cost in the second round almost in the first round last year on I think on a couple of main event teams and then not buying him when he's you know third maybe into the fourth round this year who knows where he ends up but. Uh, I'm going to probably give him another chance this year to see if he can uh, turn it around. And, you know, you know, it usually does take these tight ends, even, even the, the really, you know, the guys with a lot of draft capital, you know, a, a year or two to figure it out. So uh, probably going to buy in on, on Pitts this year and give it, give it another shot. I can't wait to hear all the Kyle Pitts truthers out there with the hashtag see, I told you so's tweets on, on on the internet can't wait for that because because it definitely could happen this year hey craig we got another question from the youtube chat right now former guest of the show jay reed uh piping in a guy who you've competed against in not only the ffpc but the kffsc as well other than Bijan robinson is there another rookie running back that you would look at in the first four rounds right now now in the never too early tournament Bijan robinson is the only guy going in the top four rounds he is on average at the end of the first round but then you think about guys like Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Rashawn Johnson, uh, Devon A-Chain. All those guys are going after Robinson. Would you look at any of those guys in the top four rounds or after Robinson? Or are they all kind of the same? Uh, you know, they all kind of fall into the same camp for me. You know, honestly, maybe Gibbs. Um, you know, he's obviously going kind of the, the highest among those other, other running backs. And, yeah. Like I said, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a few of them in these drafts just if they if they fall far enough past their ADP. And, you know, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm, my team is uh, needs a running back, I guess, at that spot. But uh, there's no one I'm, I guess, I'm targeting in particular right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many good ones uh, that I would like to see where, where they land first before I get and, and that, yeah. that's why we call it never too early. But I guess in my case, it, it is a bit early. And of course, Craig, you're uh, you're you're not up on your rookies like you would be because naturally, you on Super Bowl Sunday, you were not at Caesars. We're not holding that against you by anything. But we, you know, we we do have we do have the Caesars 2024 Super Bowl uh, invitation. Yours is the first to to go out. Thank I, you. Uh, Balky, we got any emails? 
We do. Um, but do you want me to do them now? Otherwise, um, do you want me to skip over the NFL draft uh, question for Craig? Well, I think we just had it. We wanted to talk about We're more good. rookies. And right. I think I think okay. we beat Craig to death about the rookies because you just might have heard he was not at Caesars for the season. Right, exactly. Yes. So we will we will skip over that and we will have, by the way, much more draft coverage coming up on the high stakes fantasy football hour in the next couple of weeks. We got a lot of uh, uh stuff that we're gonna you wanna pick our brains, pick Farrell's brain, pick my brain, pick our guest brains coming up. We'll definitely have that. Um, I am having a problem loading my emails right now for whatever oh, reason. No, I, I have something I want to talk about. Ask Can him I that, and, and then and then I'll get back to this. Can I pretend that I'm emailing you guys this right while yeah. I'm emailing this? It to my this, this is coming know. from Farrell in Louisville, okay. Kentucky. Farrell, what do you have to say? There's a whole lot of conversation about what's going on in Tampa Bay in the backfield. They're going to make the player, um, the running back, uh, their draft pick from last year. Is it White? Yes. They're yep. going to make him a three-down back, um, which I think I've looked at their depth chart, and I think by necessity they're going to have to make him a three-down back. Last year they were last in rushing in the entire league, and they had a pretty bruising back uh, with, with uh, Leonard Fournette there. But what what I want to do is get away from that because what I've noticed, Craig, in the never-too-earlies, is, is our Tampa Bay wide receivers have fallen like rocks because it, it appears that no one, including myself, believes or can trust on a week-to-week basis Baker Mayfield. And maybe Balky will have uh, Mr. Armani's uh, numbers on Evans and uh, Godwin. But I, uh, what, what I think is going to happen, and this is what I want your opinion on, I don't understand why Kyle Trask is not – being talked about as a quarterback. We've got a new offensive coordinator who the quarterback uh, guru, Canales, who was at Seattle last year. Uh, we've got a player here that's six foot five inches tall, a classic drop back passer who dominated the SEC. And, you know, when it comes to college football, it's not the NFL, but when you can find a guy that dominates the SEC, I kind of like that. And he's got a rocket for an arm, all the arm talent, good enough, slippery enough to get away. Um, does anyone believe that Baker Mayfield is not going to be the quarterback at Tampa? And this trash kid is, and, and, and if he is, I believe we're making a terrible, um, we're, we're, we're terribly avoiding um, Evans. Uh, if Trask sees the field, Trask can unload it and Evans can run under it. And, and that nothing's going to change. So my thoughts uh, are, are Trask. Should get on the field for Tampa. He maybe he's not being drafted in any of these leagues, and I wonder if anybody shares that opinion or has looked at it. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm still confused as to what the you know who the quarterback's going to be there, whether it be yeah Trask or, or Mayfield or possibly a um, a draft pick. So. Uh, your guess is as good as mine there. I guess I guess I I kind of look at the 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 ADPs and the wide receivers though and say they're both pretty they're going pretty pretty low just based on the uncertainty around the quarterback position and I think I saw this on Twitter. I, I don't know how to credit for this, but the the situation kind of reminds me of the uh the Seattle situation last year with with Metcalf and Lockett and how you know everyone was just tanking their ADPs because they you know who's going to throw them the ball, but, you know, someone's going to throw them the ball and, and, you know, the, the target 
tree around them. You know, they're they're both it's they're both gonna they're it's gonna be very condensed around both Godwin and Evans and not much else. So I I you know whoever that quarterback might be Trask or whoever else I think um, those wide receivers are are still going to produce. Granted, hopefully it's not someone that's uh, completely terrible, but uh, I, I think they're they're both good. Uh, they're both good bets right now in drafts. Well, Craig, you can see the ADP right now that I displayed from Fantasy Mojo in the number two early tournament. Chris Godwin is a uh, top 24 receiver going in the early fifth round. Mike Evans is a back-end number three receiver going at the uh, 705, the mid-seventh round. To me, I look at those, and maybe it's recency bias, but I, I feel like that's that's the spots I want to be in business with those guys. Does that represent accurate ADP for you to want to draft either Godwin or Evans? Yeah, I mean – I, I think those are uh, those are both good spots for them. I mean, I like the yeah Evans going in the seventh round. I mean, the guy is what? How many straight seasons of a thousand yards? That going in the seventh round. That's uh, that seems like uh, something you wanna you wanna wanna gamble on there. But <laughs> let's. Uh, let, I do have my emails now, Farrell. So I'll I'll, I'll yeah. pitch him to Craig here. He'll knock him out of the park. Dylan in Charlotte wants to know how do you feel about? Um, oh, is this accurate? Yeah. How do you feel about? Saquon Barkley in the early third round this season. Nice work in the playoff challenge. That is Dylan in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't think he's going. Is that accurate? I don't think that's accurate. No. He's not going to I, that in the I early. I think that's third. a question you asked me last year, actually. Yeah, that's not. That is, this is totally not accurate. No, I, I hold on. Let me let me bring up my my correct emails here because this is. I, I knew I, I read that and I was like, God, that's like. I, I feel like I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm in a time machine right now, and, and but I am. You know, Bucky, what is, what we have is confidence that you will retrieve these emails because yeah, we're well. enjoying associating with a broadcast professional, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Not, not, not displaying any kind of professionalism right no, now with, with that. I, but like, I knew it right away. I'm like, God, that is. There's no way that's right. Okay, I have my right uh, email document up right now. And the first question is not from Charlotte, North Carolina. It's from Billy in Milledgeville, Georgia. Is now the time to make deals to get Trey McBride on my dynasty teams? Appreciate it, Craig. That is Billy in Milledgeville, Georgia. So Trey McBride right now, we we have the benefit of seeing him uh, a full year. What do you think about uh, Trey McBride now in, 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 in dynasty? And I think you have him in a couple of teams right now, right, Craig? I do, yes, and he was kind of uh, a guy that was right on the, I guess, the cut line there of, of trying to get to, to sixteen players. Um, but that was someone I was trying to trying to keep on my rosters. I mean, he was a pretty pretty high end prospect coming out last year, uh, and I think you know he flashed towards the end of the season. And you know, Ertz, or Ertz, I guess, coming back from the ACL, who knows on him? So. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a guy I see with, you know, that has a lot of upside that's, you know, still going very late in redraft leagues also this year that I think you can, uh, you can spend a late round pick on and, and see what happens. Uh, we have a next email here. It's not an email at all. It's a YouTube comment from Dave the Dizzle Gerzak in Appleton, Wisconsin. Out of five stars, Craig, what rating would you give the movie Hot Tub Time Machine? I'm going to assume one star means it sucked. Five stars, it's awesome. Have you ever seen it? And what yeah. rating would you give it? I, I, I guess I have to come clean here. I, I've, I've actually never seen that movie. Uh, so uh, it's, it's. Uh, I, I might have to. Uh, I'll, 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 after I get off here, I'll maybe uh, pop on, uh, pop it on, maybe. You know, the Dizzle is on fire tonight. There's not <laughs> enough people in the chat room to see it. 
He's he's got great phonetic situations of certain names, and you know the professor's not here. It, it's, no. it's it's just one of the greatest performances that's being lightly attended. Um, it did it, it just just like just like Craig's movie list lightly attended. I I will in Dizzle's uh, defense, I will give it five stars. That is a really enjoyable movie. Rob Corddry steals the show in my opinion. I loved it. Um, Stan in Plant City, Florida. Craig is Sean Tucker. A nice value in the never too early tournament right now. Sean Tucker out of, and thank you for the email, Stan, uh, in uh, Plant City, Florida. So we look at Sean Tucker um, out of Syracuse. This is a player who is running back 54 in the 13th round. We don't know what's going to happen to him in the NFL draft. Craig, do you have anything to say about Sean Tucker? Um, you know, I guess what I'll say is, you know, I think he has may have, maybe have ended up on a few of my teams so far. He kind of falls into the category of of the guys that, yeah, like I said, you know, taking these rookie running backs that are going in the the middle, yeah, fifteenth, sixteenth round, they can get drafted in a good situation, and and all of a sudden we're drafting them in in the you know third or fourth round um, after the NFL draft, so. Um, specifically for, for Tucker, I don't have anything, I don't have any great insights there, but it's just those types of profiles. I think you want to, uh, type of picks you want to make in the late rounds that it can really, uh, have an ADP spike after, after the draft. Farrell, I'm fresh out of emails from 2023. So why don't you go ahead and ask Craig? Yes. Oh, well, I, have any, I have an email that just came in. Oh, here. go ahead, please. Uh, Farrell. Uh, why uh, this is from Hendon Hooker, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Farrell, why are not the guys in the caps, and especially the guy in the orange shirt, talking about me in fantasy football? Because I'm going to blow the doors off all these son of the bitches. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Just I just wanted to say his name once before the draft. Another guy that tore up the SEC. I perhaps we could do a show. And isn't that uh, super flex all about having extra quarterbacks? Oh, Maybe yeah. this is a super flex guy, Craig. I, th- I find I find life too vexing to try to I, super flex. You know, I yeah, I really haven't gotten into the the super flex leagues uh, yet. I need to I need to make that my next thing, but. Uh, yeah, I guess a hooker is getting some hype going in the maybe going in the first round now. So maybe we have to pay attention to him. I, I will say this, and and I'm not making any predictions here, gentlemen. But if the Packers do end up consummating an Aaron Rodgers trade with the New York Jets, and they get that 42 and that 43 pick, which would give the Packers 42, 43, and 45, I would not be surprised if one of those picks is indeed. Mr. Hendon Hooker going to Green Bay would not shock me at all. That said, he could still sneak into the first round. I like the talent. I saw what he did at Tennessee last year. There's a lot to love. He's old as dirt. I will say that. He is not a young quarterback. But there is something to be said for drafting a guy of that ilk when there are not 32 starting quarterbacks in this world. Take a chance on Hooker. Maybe he could be your quarterback for the next 10 years. I like it quite a bit. Uh, Farrell, I want to get into the uh, fantasy flash with all the headlines uh, with Craig. Before we do that, I think you have one final question for him. Uh, Craig, I've got a final question. What are you doing with all that money? Balky wants to know. And also, uh, who, uh, who, who's just on your will not draft list? Well, um, yeah, as far as all the money, uh, yeah, um, whatever's left of it that the, the wife hasn't spent or the, uh, you know, hasn't gone to the, uh, to daycare. 
Uh-oh. There he goes. Oh, was Craig again. <laughs> daycare, daycare knocked him out of it. You know, and he is it, it got I like him to start talking about those kids because he he is yep, there he's coming back. Got it, got it. Well, Craig don't my, uh, my internet is just came back on, so now I think it switched over to the Wi-Fi. So uh oh. all right, Farrell. Second part of your question was it uh, Yeah, somebody like you know, Dave has brought up the fact uh, the Dizzle has brought up the fact that uh Will Levis might be too jacked up, which I think that means that he's got too much muscles, I think. Uh, the um, Is there someone you don't like coming up in the upcoming draft? The or other I had an old scout that used never would call it the draft. He would call it the annual selection process. I always loved that, but that's, that's beside the point. Is there anyone in this year's annual selection process or a veteran that you just don't want to be in business with if they gave you an extra round? you still wouldn't draft him in the never too early. Yeah. So I, I don't know about the rookies still. I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see where, where they're get, where they get selected as far as um, just the going uh, guys going in the never too early, the veterans, I guess one guy is Ty, Tyler, all Algier, all guy or however Ooh. you pronounce his name. Um, this is kind of a, um, a player that falls into the category of these kind of, being, at least in my opinion, getting propped up uh, based on the situation in, in Atlanta and being the, uh, the, the, the start, the starting running back on, on that team currently. Um, but, you know, I, it's someone I could definitely see his value taking a hit um, in, in the NFL draft. And so just at where he's going right now, uh, he's kind of in that zone where I'm, I'm going to pass on him and likely take I maybe another running back or, um, likely a wide receiver in that spot. Um, Farrell, and I don't want to let this Will Levis question go by um, because you guys are the Kentucky experts. Craig, I know you're a Louisville guy. Farrell, obviously, I know you're a Louisville guy, but Will Levis is a Kentucky guy. You are much closer in proximity to him than I am. Farrell, your thoughts on Will Levis because this was a player that was sort of the de facto number three quarterback in the draft, and now he's fallen a distant number four behind Stroud, Young, and Richardson. Will Levis is a pro. Your thoughts? A few of the scouts think he is a bit robotic in his motions, uh, and that will cause problems in the NFL based on timing patterns. However, uh, I doubt that he's not going to be a competitor and he's going to push someone for a job. But, you know, we just talked about the guy down in Florida who had a terrific career uh, in, in college and a high draft pick. I think it was the second round. And, and, you know, he's thrown nine passes in the league so far. So it all depends about landing spot. Uh, he reminds me of Blake Bortles. Mm. Craig, um, with Will Levis, is this a player in your dynasty leagues that you would be willing to take a chance on given – you know, the short benches and everything there. What about Will Levis for you on your dynasty squads? How many teams do you imagine him uh, being on this year? Yeah, we'll, we'll see where he's going in these rookie drafts. Generally, I'm not, um, yeah, you know, you just can't hold on to these guys um, too long, in, in, at least in the FFPC leagues. You know, um, if it does seem like he's going to get drafted in a, into a situation where he's going to start, Immediately, I mean, it does have it is a little bit interesting just based on his athleticism. Um, so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where he gets drafted. But I, I'm guessing he's unless he's a late pick that you can just kind of take a flyer on. Probably not going to be on my teams. Yeah, super flex. Totally interested in him. Other than that, eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. All right, uh, 
we'll go rapid fire on these next subjects as we're already coming up on an hour here. Craig, I'm going to throw this first one to you. Uh, news are out of TMZ tonight that a criminal charge of aggravated menacing has now been refiled against Joe Mixon. This was uh, dismissed uh, about two months ago, but it was refiled uh, today due to, quote, the discovery of new evidence during the investigative process, this according to the Cincinnati Police Department. This is from a road rage incident when uh, Mixon allegedly, and I shouldn't say allegedly because I know this doesn't cover me on anything and Mixon can sue me if he wants. Go ahead. I don't have anything. Come at me, Joe Mixon. But he brandished a firearm in an argument with a 43-year-old woman back in January. This was a day before the Bengals played the Bills in the divisional round of the playoffs. This is not the first time that Mixon's had a run-in with the law. May not be the last time either. Uh, Executive Vice President for the Cincinnati Bengals, Katie Blackburn, uh, did not, he said, she said that, well, he's on the team right now, but she wouldn't say that he's going to be the starting running back in 2023. Craig, I don't know what you have in him uh, in Dynasty right now with Joe Mixon. Um, your thoughts on not only redraft this year, but what you do with Joe Mixon in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, I think I might have. I think I traded him away on the on the couple of leagues I did have him uh, last uh, before last season. Um, yeah, I, I really have no idea. I mean, if he gets if he's going late enough in these in these redraft leagues, take a take a shot on him. Um, seems like with the way the the legal situations kind of play out in the NFL, it just takes such a long time for for something to happen. You can you know look at the the Kamara situation from last year, so. I, I my my guess is that he's going to catch on with with another team, and you know it, it, his season's likely not going to be impacted. But I'm not a I'm a, I'm obviously not a legal expert. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll just kind of see what happens there. But yeah, if he's going late enough, and then a Dave just put tenth round. I mean, yeah, that's I mean taking a flyer in that round on on him is is probably probably good good enough. Yeah, the Dizzle pointing out in that $35 best ball tonight, he did go in the 10th round. I'm on board with you, Craig, there. I, I think he makes a lot of sense in the 10th round. Before that, I don't know, you're playing with fire. I always quote Joe Delzanero, there's no such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. And Joe Mixon bordering on the 10th round, I'm fine with that at that point. Who, who Errol, said that? Joe Delzanero, Baker boy. Man, always, man, I tell Donald you what, we are dropping boy. some names tonight, Craig. Yeah. I, 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 they, look. I don't think we have to be a legal expert, but we can be a Brown expert. And they've got the Brown family has very little tolerance for this kind of behavior in their city of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I, I think this guy's history with Cincinnati is 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 quickly coming to an end. And, and I will be. You look at their depth chart at running back, and you understand what players they may be in the remainder of free agency, the June first cuts, and. Um, what we might be looking at in the draft from the Cincinnati Bengals. So. I rue the day I cut Travion Williams off my dynasty teams because right now it's looking pretty good. Farrell, uh, Tyreek Hill had a bit of a bombshell yesterday on the Totally Offensive podcast that is hosted by four, uh, by current Kansas City Chiefs Gary Dieter and Anthony Sherman. Tyreek Hill said his plans are to play to uh, play 10 seasons in the NFL and then retire after 2025 when he is coming off his age 31 season. He might want to move on to other business ventures and uh, maybe coaching after that. Uh, he has been an All-Pro five times, won a Super Bowl. He's been voted to the Pro Bowl all seven years in the league. I have to ask, Dynasty Leagues right now, are we concerned with this? Do we do anything different if we never heard this announcement from Tyreek Hill, if you do have any shares of him in Dynasty Leagues? 
If I can, you're telling me I can get three more years of Tyreek Hill. I'll take yes. three more years of Tyreek Hill over just about anybody else in fantasy football. So okay, I'll be fine with my Tyreek Hill. Craig, I was I was talking with JJ Zacharyson about this last night. He said he's like, well, look, you're probably going to be looking at, at 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 this guy. You're you're probably already looking at moving this guy in his age 31 season anyway, whether he announces this it's retirement now or not, or potential retirement now or not. Like it's one of those things where like it's not really news, right? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's getting filed under the just something I'm going to ignore. I mean, yeah, three three more seasons, or you know, he'll he'll probably change his mind anyway if he gets another contract. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 not really listening to that. Uh, Craig, listen to this though. Jeff Howe from the Athletic is reporting that the New England Patriots have quote quietly shown interest in adding another blue chip running back in the draft. Now, he also said in the same report on the Athletic that. The Patriots uh, want to build the running game around Ramondre Stevenson. However, they do have the whole 14th pick in the draft. They could be targeting Bijan Robinson there. You think about their new offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. He worked with Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. This is the time, like, if, if you're seriously worried about one of your running backs not being able to dodge these running back bullets in the draft, you move them right now. I don't know if you have Ramondre Stevenson anywhere, but for anybody who does, is this the time that you're willing to take less than 100 cents on the dollar? to not have this headache going into the NFL draft in uh, a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it all depends on what, uh, yeah, what someone's going to pay for him. But I mean, the, yeah, he has that risk there. I mean, but he, I guess performed very well last year and, you know, I, you got to figure there are, they're going to bring someone in to have, co to have some competition with him, but, um, you know, I, I still like Stevenson, you know, his, you know, pass catching profile and, you know, the way he performed last year, I'm still willing to kind of hold on to him through the draft and see what happens. All right. Uh, Farrell, let, let me throw this out. There's a lot of chatter about the Patriots at 14 mm -hmm. right now. Uh, the Dizzle thinking that it's going to be Zay Flowers at 14. Mm -hmm. Godvernment. I, I think I got the pronunciation right. Thinks you they're did. taking Anton Harrison at 14, Marvin Mims in round two, and he thinks Marvin Mims is going to be Deontay Johnson of the league. That's interesting mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I do have to go uh, off, uh, Farrell, I'm going to throw this to you from another question from Godberman. We haven't talked about Jerry Judy or any of the Broncos receivers. What are you doing with him in your dynasty leagues? And Craig, I'll, I'll ask you to answer this after Farrell, but your thoughts on Jerry Judy right now, knowing that Sean Payton says we're not trading him, but – it sounds like they would trade him for the right offer. Um, that needs to play out in my mind. There's too much uncertainty there. I haven't considered it a value. I haven't considered it a bargain because you just can't consider it. I'm not, you know, you, you bring a new coach into this situation, a quarterback that must have a bounce back year, and you, you've got too much static at the wide receiver position. Uh, with this team. So I, I want to leave this alone for right now and uh, get ready for it in the main event and hope, as I really like both players' skill set, uh, Sutton even more than most people do. And I'm going to hope I can figure it out because I think that if Denver has any kind of season, the ball has to go through one of these receivers, if not both of them, too. Uh, Craig, your thoughts on Jerry Judy right now? And, and I'll tell you right now, as far as his ADP goes, uh, which is what we care about in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, he's wide receiver 25. He's going off at the 506 right now. Craig, your thoughts on Jerry Judy from a redraft perspective? 
Yeah, I mean, I like him fine there. I honestly, though, I'm I'm uh, kind of buying Sutton later. I would I would be a little bit more uh, into him. Just I don't know. This time last year, it was Sutton was the guy, and Judy was the one going later. And now it's kind of flipped. And uh, I kind of like Sutton for for a bounce back. Judy's fine though. Um, you know, I, I see him having a good season also. All right, so so let's uh, let's talk about this, guys. And I want to get to as many emails as we can. I know we kind of talked about uh, Darren Waller already. So, uh, Craig, let me pitch this first email to you, and it is from Doug in Bedford, Mass. Uh, what's up, guys? I think the buying window on Deshaun Watson is closing, but do you guys see a bounce-back season for him in 2023 as well? He's starting to be drafted as if he's going to have one in the FFPC right now. Thank you for uh, thank you to Doug in Bedford, Mass., for watching, listening, and emailing. Deshaun Watson has moved up to quarterback nine. He is now in the seventh round of the never-too-early best ball tournament. Uh, Craig, as Doug points out, I do think he's being drafted as if he's going to have a bounce back because last year he was pretty bad when he came on. Um, I, I'm of the opinion he can't get much worse, but would you want to be in business with Deshaun Watson at the end of the seventh round? Yeah, it's, it seems a little high just based on the way he, he performed last season. But, you know, it's one of those guys, you know, you get after the, you know, the first few quarterbacks um, being drafted, you know, he does have the upside to to perform like at the, you know, the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes level. And he, he's one of those guys. So I can definitely see why people are taking a shot on him. But uh yeah, just a little bit skittish just based on what I saw last year after he hadn't played in so long. Farrell, um, Danny in Detroit says, which player, or asks, I should say, which player are you more excited about for dynasty purposes, Devin A-Chain or Kendra Miller? Thank you, Danny in Detroit. Farrell, your thoughts on A-Chain and Miller? Landing spot, um, unknown. I'm going with A-Chain because I like the testing. I like all aspects of the testing. I like what he did. Uh, I, I thought he was. I thought he was successful um, in in what he had to do to lock himself in with the scouts. So yeah, A chain's my guy. Craig, I, I look at these two players and and I look at the upside with A chain because I think he's the more athletically talented, athletically gifted running back. But I do think Kendra Miller is the type of guy that while he doesn't do anything exceptionally well, he does a lot of things pretty good. And if I'm drafting in the late second or early third round and these guys are out there, I tend to look at the player who could help me um, for like a three-week window, a two-week window, maybe in a four-week window. I think Kendra Miller is much more likely to do that than A-Chain, even though A-Chain represents the higher ceiling. So I would lean towards Kendra Miller, even though that's the less attractive option of the two, as Farrell pointed out. But your thoughts on A Train versus Miller this year, from from what you know in your in your research on him? Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't I don't have a whole lot of background on on either of them right now. Kind of waiting for the draft. I uh, probably should have come on this show after the draft uh, <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> to give you my thoughts on these Craig, guys. But yeah, listen, Craig, everybody says that, okay? Because we're all in the dark. We thought that you were sort of, uh, you know, jamming a little bit when you went on offline there. We thought you were doing a little work. Craig, Craig was doing his research. Uh, no question. Back but, but, okay, so, Craig, let me ask you this, because these are players that you have seen before, and this is the final email we're going to leave the viewers with tonight. Ted in Bakersfield, uh, California. 
Which receiver would you rather draft in the FFPC Never Too Early tournament? DK Metcalf in Seattle or Chris Olave in New Orleans? Craig, which one would you rather have? Yeah, I'm going to go with, I guess, Olave there. Um, you know, I, I still kind of feel, feel like, I mean, Metcalf's, Metcalf's great, um, but, you know, I, I, I still kind of view both Metcalf and Lockett as kind of, a one 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 a situation there where you know i would rather honestly i like the value unlock it more i guess later uh whereas olave i don't have a whole lot of confidence in uh you know the michael thomas bounce back at this point and really you could see him i think taking that next step and just really being an alpha receiver there uh in new orleans Farrell, i totally agree with craig and I'll, and i'll say this too I think that Tyler Lockett has perennially be un, been underrated yeah. by FFPC drafters over the last four or five years, and I think DK Metcalf gets propped up because of that. Chris Olave, uh, I'm willing to roll the dice on this year for a couple of reasons. Number one, his quarterback play is going to be a lot better. Uh, number two, this is going to be his sophomore year in the league. We usually take – we see these players take a leap. He was – um, a thousand yard receiver last year. So it should be get, getting even better and better. And I am not like Craig. I am not a believer in Michael Thomas. I, I, I understand why there's reason to be positive about this guy and, and, and there, there's everything to love about him, um, you know, coming back this year, but the age, the injuries, I, I think is too much. So I am betting against Michael Thomas. It's a bet I could lose, but I feel pretty comfortable betting against Michael Thomas, betting on Chris Olave and the fact that he gets Derek Carr this year. Uh, I'm very, very excited for, for him. These guys are going very close in drafts right now. This is not a situation where I'd be like, okay, um, I want to, I want to divvy up these guys 50, 50 in, in all my leagues. I think I'm much more closer to like 75, 25, or even 80, 20 in favor of Olave over Metcalf this year. Commission, your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. We identified Olave as a player last year that we said was most ready to contribute in the NFL of all the rookie receivers. And we hit it right square out of the park with what we needed, even with the quarterback situations that they had to live with. So um, I think perhaps for, for best ball, I might be hesitant. I, I might answer that question this. If I'm in the third round, middle of the third round, and both receivers are there, and I don't have a receiver yet, I might take Metcalf. Mm. But if I had the receiver in the first round or even second, it, I would probably uh, go with a lot of it. And, and I, I, that's just a feel thing that if I've, if I've gone running back, quarterback tight end in those first two rounds, uh, Metcalf just feels like for the build that that I can take him there in the never too early and then get Lockett later and then get both players and and have that position. I I love the New Orleans receiver and score and I love the tight end and and you know the league is full of uh, redemption stories and Thomas is is a long shot redemption story but, but people People believe him in him in that front office, despite all the drama that he has caused them. It's not because they're over invested in him. It's because they like the player, understand what he did. And it's we know that when he was part of this team, it's 150 targets and leading the league in receiving. Nobody expects that. But uh, I, I think being around this quarterback, who's one of the best leaders in, in all of football, that he's going to elevate everyone in that locker room. And if Thomas is not on board, the other guys will be. But I hope Thomas is. 
Uh, guy, we are always on board with whether it's FFPC analysis, KFFSC analysis, uh, is Craig Campbell. C. Campbell FF on Twitter, a guy who won $100,000 in the FFPC last year, uh, two years ago, beg your pardon, and a guy who won a half dozen FFPC leagues last year. He won them. He doesn't even realize it, people. That's how good he is yeah. in fantasy football, not to mention all his success in the KFFSC. Craig, I can't wait to talk to you again. This was a, a, certainly a, a great time that we get uh, anytime we get you on the show to pick your brain. I'll see you in Louisville, and I and I will uh, wish you good luck in all your FFPC and KFFSC leagues this season. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Friday night, dude. Appreciate it, guys. Yep, have a great weekend. Talk Thank to you later. You. Thank you. Right. Craig Campbell, Bye. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, glad to have at C. Campbell FF on the program tonight. A guy, Farrell, I, you probably couldn't even count on two hands how many Kentucky leagues he's won over the years. Yeah, he's done He's done so very well. And he's oh, the thing about it is he's always in it. Uh, yes. Whether he wins it, he's, he's always there. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he's just yeah when he's not and when he's not there drafting the room I, I teased him tonight about not being there for Super Bowl he was there the first year we had it but my point is that he's one of those guys that you really miss when he's not there and, right you know, that's part of what you know that's that's part of what our league about that's part of what the FFPC is about you go there with the idea that you're going to run into uh, certain guys and, and so when they're not in the room. And, man, you know what? When you can play against a guy like that and beat a guy like that, then you know you're doing something right. That's 100% accurate on that. And a guy that we uh, never like not having in the HSFF Hour Room is Farrell Elliott. KFFSC.com is where to go. April 11th, uh, the Always Dreaming Division of the Run to Daylight Sweet 16 Championship is drafting. You're going to have at least, look, what looks like four drafts after that. Uh, including a slow draft, so make sure you're getting over we're, your. We're we're eventually gonna we're eventually gonna have eight of them. Whether or not there's demand to fill it pre-draft, it's hard to determine right, right. now. Right, and we have not aggressively marketed it. We're just kind of letting it see, let it letting it see where we go with it because we'll, we'll 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 get it in. We'll get the '96 team league in with the two hundred dollar uh, buy-in for it, and and it will be great. Uh, Bonky, how are you celebrating Easter? Um, my, well, I, did I tell you this last week that my wife is on a cruise or did I not tell you this? You did, but yeah, that the celebration continues. The celebration continues for me and my kids. She will not be back until Monday. So, so Easter Sunday, I'm sure it will be full of, uh, Easter egg hunts, some church, and then I'll probably uh, check out some, some baseball masters and NASCAR that day as well. Mm-hmm. Fantasy football drafting, perhaps we shall see. If I can carve out enough time in my day hanging out with my kids for that as well, but I'm very excited. Yeah, you should be. I'm, I'm uh, also excited to talk with Farrell Elliott, uh, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. KFFSC.com. Sign up for the main event right now. A twenty-five thousand dollar grand prize is at stake. Follow uh, the KFFSC on Twitter. KFFSC official. KFFSC.com. Farrell, be good. Happy Easter, and we will talk with you again next Friday, dude. See you, brother. That is going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Craig Campbell, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, 
each and every one of you. We'll be back next Friday with Farrell Elliott and 18-time FFPC league champion Jason Philpot, who has not only uh, won a lot of leagues over the last several years, he is drafting a lot in the uh, early drafts as well. So he's going to have a lot of input on uh, not only rookies, but everything that's going on there and who you need to draft in order to cash that $25,000 grand prize in the Never Too Early Tournament and the $1 million grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. In case you missed it on Tuesday night, watch the road of his high-stakes lowdown with Tim Gilbertson, a winner of 10 FFPC Dynasty Leagues in his career. That's on FFPC Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, including this channel that you're watching it on right now. And of course, rotaviz.com slash podcast if you want the audio-only version or anywhere you get podcasts. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network will go again live Thursday night at 7, 6 central on bettersports.com. In case you missed it, uh, missed it last night, J.J. Zacharyson from LateRound.com had a lot of great stuff on uh, a lot of rookies in this year's NFL draft. You can check that out, bettersports.com. $25,000 is the grand prize in the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, just a $125 entry fee at myffpc.com. Those drafts will go all the way up to the start of the NFL draft, which is less than three weeks away, and uh, it will be a 14-week regular season, three rounds of playoffs, and then we crown the $25,000 champ after that. 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour drafts are available at myffpc.com. Go to myffpc.com to register for the Fantasy Pros Championship. $350 is the entry fee, and yet you could win $1 million. First time we've ever offered that ever in the history of the FFPC. Uh, you're looking at um, two-hour, six-hour, and 60-second clocks there, and we'll have drafts going on all weekend. I'll be commissioning a lot of those this weekend, so I will see you in the draft rooms there if you sign up for that, which you should before June 1st, because if you sign up before June 1st and draft before June 15th, you will get a free $35 FFPC league credit added to your account. MyFFPC.com is where to go for that, and you can get that up to three times. That's over $100 in FFPC league credits there. Adopt a Dynasty Orphan team today at MyFFPC.com. You're going to see some great reduced price teams there as low as a dollar. The entry fees uh, for those normally are from $77 up to $2,500. And you can get teams much, much less than that right now if you want to take advantage. Like I said, I'm still riding the euphoria of picking up a dynasty team today. I encourage you to do the same at myffpc.com. We also have $100 startup drafts there. So if you want to set sail on a maiden dynasty voyage, you can do that. Myffpc.com is where to go for that. Uh, you can also win a million bucks. Oh, I already said that million bucks in the, in the fantasy pros championship win a million bucks in the main event in uh, at myffpc.com as well uh remember to like this video subscribe to the channel comment share and get notified uh thank you so much for watching everybody we will back with you back with you next friday right here same time same place on my uh youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy be good we'll see you in the draft rooms this weekend thanks for watching everybody This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. As a reminder for everybody out there who is celebrating this weekend, I want to wish you a happy Easter um, to everybody. It's a great sports weekend. And I always say this too, anytime you get 
you know, I don't know how many NASCAR fans out there, but you get the Bristol dirt track again for the third straight year. That is going to be a lot of fun. Easter Sunday night, you're going to get the masters, which is probably going to go. If we, if we have good enough weather, it's going to be going on on Sunday, probably going to be going on Monday as well. Uh, and obviously baseball is going on. I always say that one of the best parts of having all these great sports go on NBA playoffs are going to be starting shortly is to have that two screen experience. There's nothing better than consuming all these other great sports while drafting fantasy football teams at the uh, at the same time you're watching this you know that fantasy football is king and it's going to be a great weekend to do it uh this uh this weekend while we consume all these other great sports happy easter everybody thanks for watching we'll talk to you on friday